So again, so happy to have everybody here. And as we begin our gathering today, I want to acknowledge that as settlers on this land, we are honored to live and operate on the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Coast Salish people. We thank the First Peoples who continue to live on these lands and care for them, along with the waters and all that is above and below. Now, CSL White Rock is an inclusive spiritual community and learning center. We teach spiritual principles and offer tools to use in all areas of life regularly and consistently as our life flourishes and flows out of ease and grace when we practice these. Our, the, our teachings are based on the four cornerstone beliefs. One, there is one life. It is the source of all things. Two, we are spirit living a human experience. Three, nothing outside of us needs to change in order to be happy. I love that one. And four, we are here to walk each other home. Our vision at CSL White Rock is a loving and vibrant community that works for all. So welcome, friends, and thank you for being with us today. And this is the perfect time to welcome back Linda for another song. Thank you. I got me a dog And she keeps me all right Two beating hearts In the deep of night And it seems that's all I need right now I sleep with one ear open I listen for her sound I got me a car that's hard on gas I bought her for looks and comfort and class and she always gets me where I want to go and freedom is a kiss on the cheek and a quick trip out the door and I know what I'm doing and I'm doing fine I got me a map and I am trekking through it. I'm turning with the tide and everything is all right. I got me a candle, tiny golden light. It glows in the dark and keeps the cold outside my heart is settled no longer in my throat surrender now is how i live and keep myself afloat and i know i'm not supposed to but i feed the birds and i walk my neighbor's dog on the weeknights I'm turning with the tide And everything is all right Here's a little bit of a sing-along if you want Lie, 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 lie 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 And the earth spins around 
the days pass with busying speed in my glacial evolution I have everything everything I need I got me a friend I haven't seen for years we talked on the phone and she held my tears oceans of future stretching straight ahead with ones I love and woolen socks and road trips round the bend and I know what I'm made of I've taken my stock I've accepted my terms and I am airtight I'm turning with the tide and everything is alright yeah I'm turning with the tide and everything is alright one more quick little sing along believe it Linda when you sing it I believe everything will be all right that was gorgeous thank you so much just beautiful I know I'm tearing up I'm tearing up <laughs> and that is what music does for us it moves us that soul piece and uh, you bring it so lovely we're so fortunate here at CSL White Rock that you join us and in person mm -hmm. and on zoom both places well, hello everyone. Uh, for new people who don't know me or people on Zoom, my name is Tamara Rossander and I am the spiritual director here at Centers for Spiritual Living White Rock. Just since, I guess it's been March and I'm in my last uh, year of ministerial school. I'm actually in the last three weeks of it, people. The last three weeks. <laughs> I have eight tests over the next couple of weeks, but I'm hanging in, I'm hanging in. So that is today's uh, topic was abundance, so they say. So it was interesting when I was thinking about this topic and, and researching it, is that the actual title was money, so they say. But yet, I didn't feel comfortable talking about that about money because for me i have this notion sometimes maybe it's from childhood or there's something there that is that well money is the root of all evil has anybody else thought that yeah 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 <laughs> and love of money or what's the other one i found was um oh yeah and then money doesn't grow on trees has anybody heard that one yeah and then the other one is the rich keep getting richer and the poor keep getting poorer. There's those 
miss that we have those thoughts in uh, the back of our brain that sometimes block that flow that we have to attain money. And it's, it's the fear of maybe talking about it as well. So in science of mind, there is sometimes, we get, there's this thought sometimes that if we treat for material things, that that is not necessarily a good thing. But yet we still live in this world as a human, as spirit having this human experience, there are things that we need. We need food, we need shelter, we need those basic Maslow hierarchy of needs to move forward. So is it really a place that we can't treat for? And I think it is something that we can for sure. And it is about getting that bigger idea. Now, Ernest Holmes, I have a collection of books today, people. <clears throat> but the one I want to start with is in The Science of Mind. Because what I think is important is what Ernest Holmes says about supply. And I forgot my glasses over here. So Ernest Holmes says, supply is the general term used to cover every conceivable need. The verb supply means merely to provide for, contribute to, accommodate with. Supply the noun, as we use it so often through this textbook, The Science of Mind, <clears throat> is synonymous, synonymous, oh gosh. Anyway, <laughs> you know what I mean, people. <laughs> With so, yeah, same as substance. <laughs> we have already learned that God is the substance of all things, that living spirit within. And the substance is itself the supply of every demand that can be made. In political economy, we learn that supply is the amount of a commodity available for a demand. In the science of mind, we learn that the supply of every good awaits our demand. All that the Father hath, somewhere there is already provided a lavish abundance for every want, a supply equal to any claim that can be made upon it. But the demand must be made. He has that in capitals. The demand must be made. As you believe, for each has the power to, man, to demand his share of the gift that the living spirit has provided of health, wealth, and power. Each is supplied as each person believes. So when, when we're talking about money and abundance, what, what are, is everybody else here, is there anybody else that's uncomfortable talking about money? <laughs> Yeah? Okay, I'm getting a few nervous laughs here in the audience for you Zoom people. <clears throat> or then when, <clears throat> and what are your beliefs around money? Is it something that you think about? Is it something that you check the balances? Or is it something that you just pretend, oh, you know, it'll be okay, it'll be okay. And I don't know about you, but I know for me, as a spiritual person that I think I'm growing into, I think that my, having one money or wanting money is kind of termed as negative. And there's the myth that some of our great spiritual teachers were poor, 
Let's take Jesus, for example. In our culture, we think Jesus was poor, but actually, Jesus wasn't poor. If you think about the birth story in Luke, it has him born in a humble circumstances, but that was due to no room at the inn, not parental poverty. <clears throat> you don't check the inn unless you can afford it. <clears throat> and Matthew's birth story has him in the house in Bethlehem where Mary lived, where the Magi brought gifts, the first of which was gold to fund his ministry. And Jesus had a bookkeeper, which you wouldn't need unless you had money. <laughs> and he wore a seamless robe mixed with rich and poor alike. And he, was, he supported uh, the women who he preached. Now, where does it say that you can't afford something if he could, was able to do that? The famous statement about it being hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven, a rich person, let's make it gender neutral, which is with, but the heaven that is within was a comment about the attachment to wealth and the social status at the time, not necessarily what it actually meant as what we may think it means. And then the Buddha, he was wealthy and then he rejected that, but then he didn't really like being poor either. So he ended up choosing the middle way. He went through that side of it. And Muhammad was a wealthy trader, and he married a rich widow. And it keeps going on here. There was uh, Leo Tzu. They were respected government officials with no indication of poverty. So it seems that we can let go of that myth that we've thought about, uh, maybe in our Christian tradition or from reading the Bibles or things that we thought of, that spiritual people have to be poor. Myth number one, gone. We can let it go, right? Everybody in agreement? We can let that one go now? Good. How about myth number two about debt and loss? So within the infinite oneness, there can be no debt or loss. Debt occurs when we either agree to pay for something over time and in consciousness of the trust and flow of money or in consciousness of fear and belief that the universe won't supply our needs. Ultimately, the living spirit can't owe itself something. There is only infinite abundance. The kind of debt that creates problem come from an overall consciousness of lack and distrust, distrust of ourselves and the universal flow. So loss com comes when we believe the money is ours and there's only a limited supply from which, from which wealth comes from. <clears throat> so if we let go of our grip on money, we let go of that, that is when we can open up to the flow. So the next book I want to is The Energy of Money. It's written by PhD Maria Nemeth. I went and I watched some of her uh, TED Talks. It was quite interesting. But she says it talks about being a conscious conduit of energy because really, what is money? Money is just energy. It's the way that life flows. It is our the law of circulation, of it coming in and going out. So she says that imagine, you can imagine one of those, uh, if you're a plumber, and the pipes go down, and then there's a blockage in the pipe. Oh, you guys can't see the picture. But then it shows that there's maybe a little hole 
and that is where the money leaks out. <laughs> so, but the pipe is designed to take the water from the lake or to the garden to where it nourishes beautiful flowers. And then if it op operates carefully, it all comes out and the garden is watered. The sprinkler goes off. But if there's a hole along the way, the water pressure is less. There's, it's almost like, have you ever, anybody heard that where you're standing on your own good, your own garden hose, you know, and stopping the flow of everything because we've restricted it. So it's where we restrict it is again, it goes back to those thoughts, those beliefs that we have about money. See, I'm still actually uncomfortable talking about money. <laughs> <laughs> So it's, it's stepping, it's taking our foot off the garden hose and allowing it to flow. And then the third myth that they talk about is shame and fitting in. So if we were raised in a shame-based home, school, church, or culture, we especially carry shame and guilt around highly charged things like money, and the other one is SEX. <laughs> both for, but both are forms of the divine energy. So when we understand that and we learn that it's not plain or wrong to have too much or not, an, you know, or not enough, and sometimes we weren't taught that. Our parents didn't know how to deal with those things. So it was hid, it was not talked about, it was just kind of ignored. But it's when we start to have these harder conversations that that is when our good can flow through us. So many of us are afraid also that if we have lots of money or if we change our status in life, will we lose our friends? If will people look at us in a different way? Will people judge us? Or it could be the opposite. Will people judge us for not having enough money? Actually, I just had an ex that's why, well, this is on video, but anyways, I had an example of that. Yesterday morning, I was sitting on my deck and uh, drinking my coffee, enjoying life, and all of a sudden, my son shows up. My son lives on his own, and no car, no anything, no jacket, no hat, nothing, just walks up, and I'm like, this is really weird. And I'd been thinking about him, so what had happened is he was downtown the night before and he was robbed at knife point by two um, young men. But he was judged throughout the night because he had no money. He had no jacket. He has a bit of long hair. He's a little scruffy looking. He's handsome, but you know, he, <laughs> he'd been out. And so he wasn't able to get, he went into 7-Eleven, Nobody would give him a call, tried to get the, um, went to the police station. There was, it was closed, unfortunately. So he ended up just walking around all night. And so by the time he got to our house, so he, he got on the SkyTrain and the bus driver finally took pity on him. And this was at 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning. And he said, you know, but he got there and he was, of course, cold and frozen. But it was the judgment that people had, whether they believed his story and maybe he'd had a little bit to, you know, had a little bit of fun the night before with some liberation. So they maybe looked at him and chose to judge him in a way and not listening to what the actual story was. What is underneath that story? 
So it, it's important that we remember that as scary as that was as a parent to hear about, and I'm sure as scary as it was for a young man who's, I mean, he's 6'2", he's, he's not like a small of stature, but yet how that can be, but then also how afterwards that he was judged by everybody and there was not a lot of help available. So again, going back to the law of circulation, but it's also the law of kindness, the law of joy, the law of love that we can give out and share with other people. So when we're sharing that kindness, it's so important. Next. <laughs> um, a dear friend of mine got me this book. It's called Practice the Presence, and it's by Edward Vilhune, our um, leader. <laughs> There's some joys out there. And one thing he talks about in here is it's a journal. So every day he talks about practicing the presence and asks you to journal. So what he says is, is, well, this is actually, Carolyn Kennedy says this, as much as we need a prosperous economy, we also need a prosperity of kindness and decency. So prosperity is not limited to simply to having a lot of money. Prosperity includes healthy body, functioning, loving relationships, financial being, a spiritual life, an abundance of love from family and friends, and compassion and kindness. Poverty was never God's idea for humankind. Lacks comes from the ignorance that we are all one and therefore not responsible for distributing the earth's resources to each other. When we learn to act from kindness and compassion, he says, no child will be left hungry again. So live a prosperous life, he says, be generous, give to others what you wish to receive. And sometimes is that another issue that we have, that receiving? Are we open to receiving the flow? Or are we standing on that garden hose? So money is a form of divine energy, and we don't need to feel ashamed about our interaction with it, or do we have to dumb it down, or fake that we're rich till we create healthy relationship with money. We just need to let go of old stories about poverty, of our great spiritual teachers that they were good if they were poor. That's not necessarily, well, we know that's not true. And we have to let go of clinging of debts and losses, and the other thing is let go of attaching our identity to our money. That we recognize that we live in the flow of the divine quality of wealth in its many forms. It is not my wealth. We just get to play with it. And we bring the mindset of everyday wonder, of kind attention and curiosity to our relationship with money. And it will likely blossom. I was listening to... Um, Kathy Ann Lewis, uh, Reverend Kathy Ann Lewis out of Seattle. And so this, and she did a midweek faith lift up on uh, the unfoldment of abundance. So I thought, oh, this, this is good research for me. I'll listen to what she has to say. But she had a four kind of steps that she thought were really great. And I, I wrote them down because I thought they were good too. She said, first of all, one thing that you can do, so this week, I'll just ask you to maybe use these four steps. See what you think of them. So the first one is know what you want. Be clear 
claim your good. And that goes back to what Ernest Holmes says. If we allow that demand on the good, say it out loud, then that is when the universe will know when that divine flow will happen. And know that what we seek, seeks us. So what we focus our attention on is what we will receive back. So maybe you're looking for a relationship. So there is that person out there looking to be in relation with you. There's that perfect person looking for that other perfect person. Or there's a new job that you want. Or a house that you want, a place you want to live. You can find it through. So what you seek is seeking you if you make the demand upon it. <clears throat> and it's also being willing to receive. Sometimes we can stop that. So that was what she said. We have to allow the universe to do that. And then I thought this was a great key point she said, is ask every day, what is mine to do for my good that I am accepting and that I am expecting? For the good that I claim out there that I am expecting and accepting. And I thought that the accepting was really key because sometimes I know myself, something will happen and I will discount it. But it was the universe showing me something that was important, something that was there for me. So it's knowing that that is okay and to be willing to accept it in and really working from that heart space. Because I know sometimes I can be in my head, I don't know about any of you guys, <laughs> about I can just get into that monkey mind that, um, that Maria talks about. She talks a lot about the monkey mind and how those thoughts and those things that are just unconscious. So it's bringing them all to our awareness so that we can discount them. And I mean, we've already today, look at, we've gotten rid of three myths that we might've had about money. <laughs> look at us go, <laughs> right? So if, you do not, if you've not resolved the money enigma, you quickly lose your lofty awareness the moment you dip into your water, into your wallet. That is from Eric Butterworth, Spiritual Economics. And if you know yourself as you are in living spirit, thereby ceasing the incorrect knowledge of yourself as mere man or woman, this re-identification, redefinition is essential for your health, wealth, love, and self-expression. That's from Raymond Charles Barker. But there's one last one. I only gave you three, right? I gave you know what you want, be clear, name your good, what you seek or is seeking you, be open, accept, allow what the universe has, ask what is yours to do. Again, that's that famous in Science of Mind that we always talk about. We treat and then we move our feet because we are still human. We're having that experience. But then the fourth one, which I think is really, again, another one that sometimes is not easily done, is when you ask and you hear it, follow it. Follow that inner guidance. 
because sometimes we get thinking again, going back to that monkey mind, oh no, that's just me. But it is the divine speaking through you, to you. So this has been an interesting topic. <laughs> it's not one sometimes that is easy enough to talk about. And it, it's, it's there, and it's when we change our, our thinking is when things will change. Because again, in um, <clears throat> practicing the presence, Edward Loon talks about that one time he was taking a class, a science of mind class, and one of his other students was in there and her house burnt down, which that's really scary. And you're, all you think of all our things, all our, that you lose. But she had been taking this class and had changed her mind and let go some of those old thoughts and those old thinking. And she knew it was gonna be difficult. Like, let's not put that spiritual rose-colored glasses on, but she was able to accept what was going on in her life because she realized that there was something bigger at play. There was something bigger at play. And I thought that was pretty amazing because I don't know if I would be able to do that if I was in her position because <laughs> that's scary. But she was able to, people supported her. They showed kindness, they showed compassion. They supported her in getting back on her feet. So I'll leave you with a question. Well, two questions. What is a myth or personal thought that you've lived with that is blocking the flow of, let's use the word wealth, in your life? You know, this week, take some time maybe to journal out. What are those thoughts that are unconscious in behind you that if you shifted, that garden hose may flow open a lot more brilliantly? And what specific steps, steps can I take this week to clean the house of my consciousness? So that is that, again, thinking of um, being aware up-leveling, doing my spiritual practice. And it's taking time to do your spiritual practice because this is what we're here for. Spiritual community, to do our spiritual practice together. As Angela so beautifully said at the beginning, that we're here to help each other and walk each other home. Because whatever better place do we have to practice some of these tools or to have these conversations? Because this isn't a conversation I would think I would have <laughs> at the bar with my girlfriend <laughs> one night. No, but the thing is, it's here in community that we can have the time to discuss. It's coming to circles. It's going to class. It's showing up even for potluck afterwards to talk about things. So we're so fortunate that we're here to have this time. Now, if you guys are also interested, um, in Living of the Science of Mind, Ernest Holmes has a whole section on substance, supply, or he calls it the law of opulence. So if you have this book at home, you can take a look and, and go for there. And then the next part that I love that he talks about is getting and giving. One of the laws of radiation says that absorbing power of a substance is equal to its emitting power, which means that the one absorbs the most must be the ones which emits the most. 
or to state the proposition in another way, we can take in only what we give out. And Jesus said, give and it shall be given unto you. So think of ways that we can give our kindness, our compassion. It doesn't always have to just be money. There's lots of other things that we can give, whether it's time, treasure, talent. And I know I, I just do, as we're speaking of money, it'd be amiss to not say thank you to everybody in our community that supports us. Because otherwise we would not be here. We've got how many today? One, two, well, there's a few. There's about 20 of us here and on Zoom. So thank you that we can continue talking and being in spiritual community together. So I will open it up to any questions, I guess. Yes, Alan. Um, I was raised in a religious family where the general motto was live simply so others can simply live. And money was a, basically a taboo topic. Oh, yeah. But I've come to understand, and the word I love is abundance rather than money. Yes. Uh, money for sure is the exchange mechanism and the energy flow. But um, I've come to understand, and I have any number of friends and relatives that live this way, uh, you can live in abundance a lot of cash flow yes and you can you can want something like let's say you want a house and not need to know the how of it because I've had uh, relatives end up living in opulent homes that they didn't own yeah or uh, my sister traveled throughout Europe for six months you know without having you know, massive amounts of cash flow to do it there's just so many ways that you can want something and get it Without having to know the how of how you get it. Well, and that's what Ernest Holmes and with Science of Mind talks about. It's it's getting rid of that having to know how everything works. It's getting out of that analytical place of where we are and that we can just trust. And and one other thing I heard was that having faith is is also having confidence. So it's having faith in the universe, having faith that it will be supplied, having faith that we know that we are taken care of. So I, lots of those things. So thank you, Alan, for those examples. I hope everybody on Zoom heard them. I'm not, no. <laughs> Anyways, if you didn't, it was a very, sorry, people on Zoom. Does anybody on Zoom have a question? Not right now. Not right now? No. But I, I think, um, if I might, uh, yeah. I think a lot of the, um, the nonsense that you get wrapped up in your head is like the like the rest of your life, and it starts in childhood. Yeah, it starts with the um, crazy making. In my my situation, the, you know, there was never there was never enough. Yeah, but a check always showed up before the bills were needed to be paid. But that wasn't enough security for me. So you know, my relationship with money is extremely complicated. And, yes. Uh, and it's, it, but it's like everything. It starts so early in your childhood. And as a kid, you never think that you're paying attention to your parents' financial dealings. But boy, oh but boy. But we are. Yeah. yeah. You know? It's so true. I know. Well, for myself, we're, you know, I, I know we struggled growing up the same thing, that complicated relationship. So I started working when I was 15, and I would help support 
with the family. And that's not a bad thing. I think it's just something that happened that we all just jump in and do what we can do. And I wish I would have had some of these tools back then <laughs> and to know that it was all okay. But you're right, things just showed up when they did. And I, hopefully people heard that we're talking about things start in our childhood and these thoughts that we had. Just let's That's invite it. everybody on Zoom again if they want to have yep. any, if they do have any questions. If there's any questions, and I know this is kind of, it's kind of, I don't know, I feel the energy is a little low around this it's topic. It's the fair, <laughs> you know, it's one of those. Yes, Susan. Yeah. Right. How can you help other people if you haven't got the money to give away in the first place? Right. Yes. He had no problem. That's so good. Susan was just talking about it's the love of money that is the root of all evil, not actual money. Because if you don't have the money in yourself, how can you give and spread it out and put it back into the law of circulation? And, and that made me think of something else. But Janet? And Claire's got a question, okay. Um, I was just gonna say, I think a, a lot of people have fear around not having enough. Right, so cling. Yeah. And, and that goes back to what you said about you've gotta give as well as receive. Yes. To and receive. Yeah. I think that's what, and I think that's part of the energy is like it, money is a- It is, it's a heavy topic. topic. It's not one for the faint of heart, you know, to be in chatting about, because I know I resisted this topic talking about this today, but I'm, I'm glad I did because sometimes we gotta, we do have to talk about these things. It's not something that we can hide out, but Claire, I'll get to you in one sec, but what you just said reminded me of, it's like when people, we buy our lottery tickets, but do you find out that people who do win the lottery because they're uncomfortable with the money, they actually within years end up back where they were at the very beginning before they won the lottery. So I think, Janet, that goes to your question or your comment about fear, because it just puts us, we can put it in another thing that a few of us have talked about before is the comfort zone, right? Because even though we maybe don't have enough money, we're uncomfortable with it, but if we go too high up into uh, that higher level of comfort zone and we're out of it that way too, we'll bring ourselves back into where we feel comfortable. And Claire, what was your question? Actually, it was more of a comment. Okay. It's, it's, I, think the pro, uh, I think the misconception is not about being poor mm -hmm. or rich, but rather being humble. Because you can be rich, but if you're humble, it doesn't matter. Right. It's, Make sure you always have extra money. The 
because then nobody has anything over their head. So I have a diary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about money uh, the other way around because I wanted that freedom and not having anybody pushing me with their thumb. So that became my, so I've never had problems. No, that's good. Money. money. Yeah, how people behave around the money was Claire and talked about poverty and be, or even if you're rich to be humble. Thank you, Claire. All right, well, let's. I'll just close quickly in a, in a prayer. Of knowing, that there is one life, one love, one universal divine mind. And that divine mind is operating right here, right now. In through and as each person. So knowing today that I am one with the one, so each of you are one with the one, and that that infinite goodness is here. It is getting out of my own way and allowing the flow from the garden hose. It is allowing the flow of life and having that faith of God. So today I claim my good, I claim my joy, I claim beauty, I claim kindness, I claim compassion, knowing that it is all unfolding in perfection right here, right now. So today I move forward and my treatment and then I take my human steps and I listen to that inner voice. I know that that living spirit is guiding me. The living spirit within is guiding me. And I take that moment to be one with that stillness, to be one with the love, the joy that is there. So I release these words, the law of mind. I let them be knowing right action is already happening, and I ask you to join me in saying, and so it is. Thank you. And the perfect segue. Now I get to ask you all to uh, dig deep. Actually, unfortunately, I don't have my printed sheet, but two will put all of the uh, necessary information about supporting uh, CSL White Rock in the chat. And for those of you here, certainly um, uh, Nancy has information at the back of the room. And, uh, but I ask you all to just place your hand on your heart and just think with gratitude how much we all do have and how important the idea of sharing those gifts is with everybody. And we need, we need a little bit of help every month to make sure that we can continue to do these hybrid sessions here at Brella. Um, you know, there's, there's things that we want to do for the community and that takes a little bit of money. And this is really interesting because I have a, like we said, a complicated issue with money, so I'm asking. And this is big for me, so there you go. <laughs> Throwing it out there for you all. But, uh, and, and again, like I said, all the information on how to donate um, through regular giving, uh, through e-transfer, through checks. I heck, we'll even take Bitcoin, although I think that's on the down slope, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I don't have any of this stuff, so. <laughs> 
But thank you, thank you all so much for joining us today. It's been wonderful to see so many great faces here. And uh, to everybody on, I keep looking around there. To everybody on Zoom, hi, <laughs> thank you. Uh, thanks to Tamara, to Alan, to Tu, to everybody. And of course, we get to hear Linda one more time. And for that, I am truly grateful.